Okay, so welcome back. Good morning. Today is Thursday, October 1st, and um, the Binlan trees are still fragrant with Binlan flowers in my uh, portion of eastern Taiwan, which is lovely. Today, continuing the reading of Chittakash Gita from Nityananda, page 19 in the translation from M.P. Pandit from 1962. Uh, last time we ended in a paragraph or a, a verse about vairagya, uh, detachment, renunciation, dispassion, disinterest, particularly to the harmful or the lower or the binding. And the final paragraph of the last verse from the last class, I'll just read again and then start the new material. Uh, Nityananda said, There can be no vairagya for those who lack in faith. There is no desire for those who have no mind. Similarly, for those who have no faith, there is no fruit. It is our mind in delusion that sets 5,000, 6,000 as the value of a single diamond. If the mind is not disposed, the diamond is but a clod of earth. And so a lot of these verses uh, seem to, um, a, a lot of them offer what at first glance are pretty uh, simple-minded statements, right? Uh, this is that, and that's this, and, uh, you know, a seed is not a fruit, and time is needed for the seed to become a fruit, and if you eat the fruit at a certain time, it's nourishing, but if you wait too long, it rots. <laughs> They're very common observations of physical life, um, all of which are pregnant and deep in symbolic meaning and relevance to personal path and transformation. And so here we're talking about, he's talking about the link between faith and uh, dispassion. And in, indeed, one has to have some faith and trust in something greater to consider that, that what I'm holding is a lesser that ought to be relinquished. There has to be a faith in a greater to determine what is a lesser. And there has to be, in a sense, an attachment or a holding or a value, uh, a valuing <clears throat> and a holding in mind to something greater and, and more important to be uh, letting go of what we've deemed um, unhelpful or lesser. And so, likewise, one has to have some faith. And this is a, a core notion in Buddhism too, Pali Buddhism, Pali Canon Theravada Buddhism, that uh, the right view um, is critical to the entirety of the path to Nirvana. And right view at certain point actually does, um, e equals faith and certainty in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And so believing, trusting that Gautama is as he says he is and the teachings really do go from here to the end and the Sangha may well be of some worthy beings who've made great effort and achieved something worthy that I, that I ought to achieve as well, as well as other meanings of faith in the Sangha. Uh, 
that's critical for the whole path. One has to have a vision of the goal to some degree to be able to move towards it. And so, and yet it's all made by mind. And so it's only the mind that puts a value on a diamond and considers it more valuable financially than a clod of earth. And this kind of point also you'll see again many verses where Nityananda is basically saying that it's the mind that makes the difference. And therefore, uh, mind uh, differentiates. And yet, some of that differentiation is critical for achievement. So, next, the new material, uh, bottom page 19. The elements are not five, they are four. Earth, water, fire, and infinite air. What is spread or extended is the earth, above the water is air, and above the air is the ether. And that's how you get actually five element theory is that ether is above air. The sea is the boundary, earth is the bed, sky the home, air above, earth below, earth is red, air is white. The earth of the four elements is not round, it is triangular. The boundless Sushumna is between the sun and the moon, or Ida and Pingala. Sushumna as the central channel, a nerve, uh, etheric nerve, nadi, energy channel or line from root to crown, uh, Shiva to Shakti, or Shakti to Shiva. And so he's reframing um, traditional Hindu or Vedantic um, physics. <laughs> kind of a, a religious physics about the number of elements uh, and I mean this is probably in relation to somebody in the assembly in the room of devotees that had something to do with um, perhaps an Ayurvedic system or another yogi or yogic system associated with uh, working with the elements as part of the practice so and it also has a, a, a lot to do with Greek uh, element, four or five element theory. So, uh, but it's not particularly um, wisdom on the path. It's uh, his view of uh, elements and reforming. At the bottom of page 19, the final verse, the earth is of the form of a face. <laughs> so the earth has a face facing heaven or facing air and the higher elements. And another at the top. And I will, um, let me see what to do. I will read, I'm going to read now pages 20 to 24, to 23. So 20, 21, 22, 23. Four pages, just straight up reading Nityananda's verses, translated by M.P. Pandit. And then come back uh, to the top of page 20 to uh, do some commentary. And I'll try to restrain myself from commentary along the way. So, top of page 20. Vayu, or air, is imperishable. It is indivisible. It is there in everything. If the chimney is closed, there is no light within. If it is not closed, then there is the light of flame. If one thinks of a lump of earth as sugar... There is sugar in thought only. The property of earth does not leave, or perhaps does not appear. 
So also, whether a man becomes a yogin or a yanin, meaning a knower, and a, he uses the term yanin as a sort of as a completed being, the nature of his physical body, its prakriti, which means nature, its nature prakriti does not leave. There is no active mind as such. There is no awareness of the physicality for a yanin. It is like the cobra bite in dream. There is neither any awareness of a cobra nor its poison, because it's a dream. Similarly, the yanin is not aware of his body and therefore of its condition. If a paper in English were to be given to a child, uh, if a paper in English were to be given in the hands of a child four or five months old, he would throw it away. He does not know what about it. In the hands of a child of six months, a diamond is as good as a lump of clay. To the yanin, there is no awareness of the body. He is soul consciousness. To children, there is no sense of difference. As they mature in intellect, they come to be aware. If the intellect is not grown, then the state is of the breath in the middle. So So this is... uh, comparison between the young child and the yanin, which will continue. With each month of growth for the child, there is a fresh advent of knowledge of different objects. The knowledge gained at the outset is of little use. And when everything is known, meaning beyond the outset, beyond the beginning, one must be like the children. The state of the yanin is that of a six-months-old child. The child has no particular feeling regarding urine or feces. Similarly with the yanin. There is not a thing that he wants and a thing that he does not want. For him there is no idea of poison. It is for those who give to think about it. One who drinks poison has no thought of it. So too for the yanin there is no want of this or that or want of food and so on. He lives always in a subtler state. Our head is like a coconut. As there is water and kernel in the coconut, water and light, so also in the head there is water and flesh. That is the sky of the heart, which is Hridakash. That is the sky well from which water is to be drawn and drunk, the head. It is not a well in the earth that is to be dug, nor its water that is to be drunk, To dig a well in earth and drink its water is of no purpose, except if you're thirsty. But this is where to draw from. To look elsewhere for an instrument which is in your hand is fruitless. If you place a lamp in the upper story and shut the doors, there is no light below. They say, look at the cinema, look at the drama, but really all is seen only in the head. Everything is to be seen from only one location. It is not necessary to go to different places to see different things. Madras can be seen from here as well as from there. It is better to see it from one place. The form must be visualized in the head. The heart is not below, it is above. That's Hridakash, meaning a heart space or heart sky. The heart is not below, it is above. As we cook, the flame goes upward. 
so too is the heart upward. In the heart is light, not darkness. If a person is beheaded, it is not possible to say who it is by only seeing the trunk. The heart is the real object perceived by the eye. One must have the inner sight. What is called hridakash, hridayakasha, or sky of the heart, is nothing else than the face, which is triangular in form. From the face, one can recognize the person. One must know one's own secret. One must know oneself. Page 22. As is the bhakti, so is the mukti. Liberation. So bhakti as devotion, uh, particularly to the guru or a deity. As is the bhakti, so is the mukti. This is an old phrase, by the way. <clears throat> Good labor brings, uh, when I, <laughs> long ago I heard that phrase. As is the bhakti, so is the mukti. Good labor brings good wages, little labor, little wages. <clears throat> and so again, simple <laughs> uh, observation of physical or social life, um, giving core wisdom teachings. Going on, <clears throat> in infancy, there is no thought of father and mother. One begins to know as one grows. When the cock meaning a, a male a chicken. When the cock eats, it scratches everything toward it. Similarly, as the mind grows, man becomes more selfish. Every day they die, every day they are born. But to give it up, to give up completely, is possible when the part joins the whole. Many are the varieties of eatables like ambada, halwa, that are prepared out of rice, but they're not called rice. A vessel without water is of little use. Bhakti, devotion, is water. Buddhi, discriminative awareness or even wisdom discernment, is the vessel. One without fine bhakti is no man. To be harassed by a ghost, possessed by a spirit, there is no evidence of shakti. It is trickery. <clears throat> trickery is the path downward. Shakti is the middle path. Yukti relates to the body. Yukti can also mean union or reason. So many definitions for the word yukti. So shakti, meaning... Shakti is very similar to prana. Shakti is the middle path, meaning sushumna up the spine. Yukti relates to the body. Shakti to the atman. Before the fire of shakti... Yukti dares not stand. And again, yukti can mean union or junction or connection. Um, I'm not sure how he's meaning it, actually, but it's um, connected, <laughs> connected, circumstantial. It really is of the of the physical, um, the 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 network or system, um, the physical the physical system dares not stand before the fire of Shakti, meaning universal force or power or chi or prana, on its way up to Atman. Going on, 22. <clears throat> All things have their seed inside, but for the cashew fruit, the seed is outside. Like this seed must one's mind be outside of the samsara, worldly life, 
samsara, round of birth and death. One shall not eat sugar oneself and give stone to the others. One shall not walk himself on the royal path and point others to the wild bypaths, meaning the jungle roads that uh, go to trouble. To bring them to the royal road is dharma, or dhamma, or the law, or responsibility. Whether now or later, tomorrow is not to be asked. Nothing is certain. As the train leaves the station, a telegram is received at the next station. The bell rings. That bell is the Bindu Nada. When a stone is thrown in a well, a sound is heard. Similarly is the Bindu Nada heard in the head. Bindu often means droplet. Nada um, may be related to Nadi, but it's certainly um, a um, vibratory effect of uh, energy coming to a higher chakra. And then I'll read the completion of page 23 and then come back and uh, comment. As one passes the first standard and enters the second, one leaves behind the books of the first. In sound sleep, there is neither the sun nor moon nor stars nor anything. Then there is no mind. Sleep is a subtle condition, not gross. In sleep there is no feeling of the physical body. One is aware of only the self. There is sleep when the self is stable. So now he's really talking about a spiritual sleep. What is seen leaving oneself is only a reflection. The delusion of the mind is not permanent. It is not Shiva, meaning a deity or um, um, personification of goal. Going on. On graduating, so you see he's just using just very common, common, common observations of physical life, of process, of uh, human and natural systems, uh, of uh, sequence, uh, of the effects of time, uh, the functions of mind and differentiation and non-differentiation, and, and um, uh, pointing towards this deep, uh, self and path based meaning uh, multiple meanings of common occurrences um, seen as sort of the word of God or voice of the self or uh, pointers to universal or, or spiritual um, principles okay last two verses from page 23 on graduating in law, one receives the gown, covering from head to toe. It has four arms, two hands and two legs, the gown. Sat and Chit make Ananda, Brahmananda, Paramananda, Sri Satchitananda, Sri Yogananda. For him who leaves the boga, or pleasures, enjoyment, there is the delight, bliss, Ananda, of yoga. There is Yogananda. There is ananda, or bliss, on knowing the essence of ananda parabrahman. There is ananda on knowing jivatman. There is ananda. Finally, last uh, verse on 23. For one without a guru, there is no realization of the true state. In the world, there is no effect without cause. 
To see light in the darkness of the world is knowledge. Darkness is ignorance, light is knowledge. Strive not for outer fame, nourishing deception within. Speak what you do, and do what you speak. So straightforward. <laughs> so that's um, a quick read through pages 20 through 23. Let's pull back to the top of page 20 and see what we got. <clears throat> Vayu, or air, is imperishable, it's indivisible. So likewise, uh, consciousness and awareness expanded beyond the physical through the interdimensional or spiritual, meaning consciousness, I mean the path is of consciousness expansion, from 1, 2, 3 to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, from body, oh beautiful, oh, 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 a very big moth about the size of my hand, <laughs> pale yellow-brown just flopped by my window. <laughs> That's rare. <clears throat> I have not seen that colored big moth before. We have moths here that are the size of hands and bigger than hands. Oh, beautiful. Yes, yes. So, <clears throat> um, expand. You know, path as expansion of awareness, successive sequential expansion of awareness from one to three to one to three point five six seven. From body-mind, or body to body-mind, to body-mind-spirit, to body-mind-spirit, and the all, or this all, and then the source of body-mind-spirit. Increasing awareness, increasing light in what had been dark or unknown, <clears throat> and an increasing appreciation of, of the higher elementals. In this case, uh, air and ether above earth, water, and fire. And fire is the transformative, by the way. So, on the bottom we have earth, air... I'm sorry, earth, water, and um, earth is <laughs> unmoving, and water is sort of moving earth, or liquefied earth, <clears throat> or an um, aerated earth that starts to enjoy movement. <clears throat> However, it's transmuted by fire and becomes air, and so that, that's the movement out of body to mind, air, and then above air you have ether, we can say, or that the nature of air is ether. So you can say that the higher, so-called higher elements are not simply higher, they're inner. And so within earth is water, within water is fire, within fire is air, within air is ether. The higher is the, uh, the, more, the, the, more, the more internal. There's probably a good technical word for that, but <clears throat> Uh, expanded consciousness is ever-deepening, internalizing consciousness awareness. Expanding consciousness as ever-deepening, internalizing awareness. The, the higher is more inner, and the lower is outer. So down and out versus in and up. If you want to go up, you got to go in. If you want to, if you keep focused on the outer, you'll stay down in the earth and water versus the transformative fire that leads us to air and ether. <clears throat> and likewise, you know, if a, if a chimney is closed, there's no light within, right? <laughs> so close your mind and you stay in darkness. And the chimney combusts, right? It combusts earth and uh, earth by fire to air. 
that kind of thing. So <clears throat> if you shut your combustive engine, combusting combustion engine of uh, transformation by mind, um, there's darkness and uh, the earth uh, remains um, unprocessed. And so likewise, it's all in mind. The elements are in the mind too. And so, yes, we can talk about physical world elements. Yes, we can say that they're symbolic to aspects of transformation on path or <clears throat> levels of expansion of consciousness from body to body-mind, to body-mind-spirit, to body-mind-spirit, and unity or all of um, individuated experience and duality to non-duality to then the source of non-duality or the deeper nature of non-duality which is higher or inner to that unity likewise we can say the whole thing's of mind <laughs> and so <clears throat> um, earth is earth whether you are when you're imagining sugar the earth pr property is not about because it's really just uh, an imagination and so there's no active mind for the yanin uh, akin to being sleeping akin to being divorced from the property of earth or not attached to the property of earth the, the yanin is not stuck in the mind or the body it's not even the yanin the, the knower, the gnostic the enlightened one really the self-realized Yanin here does not just mean the knower, it means really a completed being. For that one, there's no active mind as such, like a cobra bright bite in the dream. There's no awareness of this and that. And then you can see how, number one, Nityananda um, was, a, uh, was fond of children, meaning he liked giving them uh, magically appearing or giving uh, candies and having them follow after him and then just, uh, I don't know what, just sitting with them or saying goodbye. But uh, he, he had a sort of, there were certain pictures of him where his face looks like an infant, actually. looks like a very young child. And then there's, as we'll see down there, the, further on, there's uh, the episode of him sitting in somebody's uh, outhouse, smeared in shit, uh, saying, Halwa, Bambi, Halwa, have some, please. And they were horrified. Uh, you can say it's a trick, you can say he's insane, you can say he's a psycho, you can say that he's a joker and a fool, you can say anything you want. Uh, you can also say that he's that he's really in this mind of the Yanin, and somebody would call a Westerner, or some Indians will call that a schizophrenia, sure. Um, somebody told me that somebody said that the raw material is schizophrenic. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Anybody can say anything, you know. It's just talk. Uh, the truth is another matter. Sometimes the talk is spot-on core truth. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's commonly it's a little of this and a little of that. And so um, being of no mind is akin to self-realization here. And so the yana not aware of his body, not aware of his condition, um, like a child four or five months old, he said... Uh, the yawning is like a child of six months old. No particular feeling regarding urine or feces, not yet considered dirty. Looks dirty to me. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be sitting in shit, but um, a schizophrenic can do it. 
and a self-realized being could do it. How about that? And so then you have the linkage between innocence and higher innocence, or between, um, you know, the, there's a Sufi saying, something like, um, the wise man or the sage, the enlightened one, the master swims in the water, in the same waters in which the, um, the what, the unfortunate or the um, insane man drowns. So the, these are the waters of non-duality and interdimensionality. The same expanded consciousness or similarly expanded consciousness or non-differentiation non-identity, disidentification, disassociation, uh, rel radical relativity, um, nihilistic sort of uh, voiding of the commonly assumed um, truths that are actually relative. Uh, that kind of, all, all of those are comparable in the psychotic or schizophrenic and the enlightened one. So, to the yanin, there's no awareness of body. He's soul conscious. Now, Nityananda didn't walk into holes. He didn't walk into walls. Uh, so, presumably, he had some awareness of the body. But it's certainly not the, the uh, recognition that I is this body. Nor um, is there a sort of instinctive uh, subservience to body process of pain and pleasure and hunger and thirst and this and that. And so it's the, maturia, it's the maturation of intellect that leads to this sense of difference between body and soul or diamond and lump of clay. Um, and yet um, the, the final state of self-realized yanin is quite comparable to the pre-developmental, uh, the, the developmental stage or the stage of pre-development for a young child or an infant where the intellect is not grown. But yet, a child can't give the Chittakashkita. A six-month-old child cannot speak the Chittakashkita. However, the, the mind of a yanin or a yog, you know, a Gnostic, a, a, a completed being, uh, has many of the same characteristics and qualities of non-differentiation, non-identification, non-duality as a child of six months. So as the child grows, there's this knowledge of different objects. It, it's basically the differentiation function grows. Thus the mind uh, comes to experience and then a kind of storage of uh, concepts associated with objects uh, and principles or uh, ideas, uh, all born of differentiation. Uh, when everything is known, one must be like the children. You really, one must be like a child. And again, here's the pivot point. The state of the yanin is that of six months old child. And um, same thing with the yanin. There's not a thing that he wants and a thing he doesn't want. So beyond the differentiation of preference, beyond the differentiation of value, the diamond and the clod are similar beyond the differentiation of identity me and you even the soul and body is doesn't is not split so awareness of body 
is, is based in some sense on an awareness or a differentiation in mind that soul and body are different. Well, that's kind of obvious, right? The body dies and the soul goes on or something like that, so they say. Well, yeah, you can say that. You can also say that, that I am all and um, some aspects, some portions of this all fall away while others don't. So, I am all, you are all, all is all, each is all, you know, each of us is all. Okay? It's called the law of one, you know. And some portions of that all fall away faster than others, <laughs> like the body. Uh, and social relations and people and places and events and circumstance in the world. Some portion of this all, which while... Uh, susceptible and, and useful to differentiate also exists uh, in its reality uh, trans-differentiated meaning beyond differentiation we can apply concept but we also can know that concept is relative and illusory to some degree or totally illusory but it's functionally useful and so um, for him there's no idea of poison, one who drinks poison has no thought of it <laughs> that's another point with a certain kind of um, union or intimate relation to so-called outer objective phenomena so-called because of the differentiation of mind um, when there's a certain type of intimacy um, there's, there's non-duality um, in the act of drinking you may be thinking but in a pure focus on the act of drinking, there is no thinking. Therefore, you can't say there's a thought of poison. Now, that may be pretty foolish <laughs> in practical terms. But there is something to be said for um, be here now, be with your process. This is akin to mindfulness. Be, be at one with the life so-called around you. <laughs> so, you see, even terms are dualistic, differentiating, and therefore a bit obstructive, be at one with the all that appears objective and external, uh, yet is not quite. <clears throat> and yet that being at one is the natural state that we're already in. It's just mental activity and differentiation um, obscures it. And yet, yeah, there's a difference between milk, drinking what's called milk and what's called poison. And so you better know the difference, or you better <laughs> drive carefully, because there are lines and, on the road. And if you say all is one, you may end up crashing. So there's the relative, there's a very practical value to um, playing the game, play the game of existence to the end of the beginning, as they said the Beatles said, but play the game of differentiation uh, to functional uh, success, to, to whatever needed functional uh, achievement or attainment or development is required, like get home safely on your motorbike or uh, don't drink poison, uh, drink milk. <laughs> so, um, but, but Nityananda very much manifests this no-minded yanin very well where he's sitting in shit um, or not eating indefinitely or, or lying on burning rocks in front of the Ganges for hours 
So we ain't just talking about playing little games here where he's uh, being a rascal or a crazy yogi or something like that. Um, <laughs> he can lie on rocks for hours uh, in the burning Ganji sun on the burning rocks uh, cheerfully or you know, with no emotional issue nor physical pain as well as have his arm wrapped in a gasoline-soaked rag burned and come out of that without burn on the skin. So we're not just talking about uh, little tricks for the devotees, we're actually talking about a being who can control body-mind, or who's quite detached in a very radical, magical, uh, metaphysical way from a body, normal body functioning. So... He, he, he means it when he says for the Yanin there's no want of this or that, want of food. He always lives in a subtler state. He demonstrated that. He lived that not by parlor tricks or what could be criticized by, uh, I'd say, the shallow. Like sitting in an outhouse with covered in urine talking about Bombay Halwa, which looks pretty psycho or schizophrenic to most people. Uh... He not only did that, but he's lying on burning rocks <laughs> or standing in a tree 10 feet off the, or 20 feet off the ground uh, holding a one-leg posture for hours as well and then rocks falling down that are uh, becoming <laughs> sparkly sparkles or something. So, uh, and, you know, skeptics will be skeptics, right? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's the, the life of a skeptic and a nihilist. So... But there, for those who can see, um, he's really he really has did live uh, his teaching on this radical detachment of the yanin. Page twenty one. Uh, our head like the coconut. What's the time here? All right. Um, and so the coconut like your head. Uh, the key. I mean, coconut in South India is a critical <laughs> food. Uh, a staple, uh, almost as important as rice, actually. Uh, and so, like the coconut, the head also has a sort of uh, water and flesh as opposed to water and light. So the water-flesh head and the water-flesh coconut, that's the sky of the heart. Your coconut head is Sridayakash. And this notion that the heart is above, the heart is not below, is his point. And he says that in the next verse as well, or one of these verses, uh, saying that uh, you decapitate somebody, you don't know who they are, because the soul is in the head or the face. And so um, you don't want to, the, the, the heart as the well, a well from which one takes nourishment, is not in the torso, it's in the head. And this is very much like uh, 6.6, 6 chakra, 6 subplane, 6 dimension, 6 subplane, higher self, Atman, as Hridakash, uh, Hridayakash. Hridaya means is a Sanskrit for heart, Hridaya, Hridaya, and Hridaya Akash is the heart field or sky uh, in the head. And again, there's a lot of talk about in the head. And there are a lot of dummy, dummy New Age people who talk about don't stay in your head. Well, yeah, there are people who are stuck in overthinking. However, the head uh, is critical. 
And Nichinanda, like a number of teachers in meditation instruction, would say, keep, keep your attention in the head. And while there's some value to other types of meditation that focus on other places in the body, like the heart, or Dantian, or even the sweep method of, um, I forgot the Vipassana teacher, um, the name. Uh, <laughs> the, the spirit complex is in the head, not in the torso. The, the spirit complex is not particularly centered in chakras one through five. The, the chakras six and seven is really where her spirit complex uh, rocks, and the bridge is five. And if you are overthinking, it's a problem, and stuck in mental activity, it's a problem, no doubt. And if you reject that fully, it also will commonly lead to a problem of a dull blue ray dull fifth chakra, poorly activated and coordinated fifth ray, that um, Ra made a very subtle allusion that um, fifth chakra has a certain access to spirit complex that fourth does not. And so people who are stuck in the physical heart, and that's the thing, new agey people, spiritual children or children or young-minded spiritual aspirants, um over-attached to the simple <laughs> sense that the heart is in the chest, not in the head. I mean, it's pretty ordinary, right? Heart's in the chest, not in the head. Not knowing the heart, the, the heart nature of Atman, that's what we're talking about, the heart nature, the, the heart core um, pith, nature of spirit complex and Atman that's in the head and not in the torso, uh, spend a lot of time in the torso and don't have much access to spirit complex and end up weak, weak and immature. The immature spiritual seeker who hasn't developed wisdom because they don't want too much truth because they want to stay with good feeling in the torso. So he's saying the sky of the heart in the head is the sky well from which water meaning spiritual nourishment can be drawn and drunk from the head, not a well in the earth, meaning it's not of earth water, it's really of uh, air, ether. And so to dig, to dig a well in the earth and drink its water is of no purpose. Now, of course, he probably uh, helped local people dig many wells, actually, at Guruvan and um, um, Ganesh Puri. They probably they probably sunk many wells, actually, for water for the people. Meanwhile, he's saying this here. And so, you got to be smart enough to know that when a teacher says, this is useless, he means it's useless for a certain specific purpose um, while we're considering this particular matter. It doesn't mean it's useless any other case. So, one must be smart and not be a dope. Um, to look elsewhere, and here we have a middle page 22, 21, a more common sense <laughs> uh, deepened, the deepening, the, the metaphysical or his a spiritual, a, a spiritual echo and, and depth analysis of common sense observation. 
To look elsewhere for an instrument which is in your hand is fruitless. <laughs> so don't look elsewhere for what you already have. Don't presume that what you seek you don't have. Uh, consider that in terms of spiritual attainment, what you seek, what we seek is what we are. But that's not the same as your conscious, our conscious self-identification. Not the same as thinking. It's the source of the thinking that is the reality of what we are that is what we see. If you place a lamp in an upper story and shut the doors, there's no light below. Duh, of course, right? So again, the common sense that people would think, ah, well, you know, of course, yeah, sure. Well, you put your light in a box, uh, you know, no one sees it. What does it mean? <laughs> uh, well, there are many meanings, uh, not only the literal. And so uh, the upper story is like the head, the realm of air and ether, like the Shidayakash. But if you shut the doors, it doesn't uh, illuminate below. And so if you don't practicalize or operationalize or manifest in the physical world, the um, uh, contact with Hridayakash or uh, uh, Chittakash, I mean Chittakash as mind sky, Hridayakash as heart sky, but they're both in the head. It's the same thing, actually, as far as I can tell. You know, Hindus, uh, Buddhists, all sorts of people, we use lots of words for the same things. We just are creative, so we like, you know, overloading. But that's why people like a smorgasbord, right? I don't want to eat all that food, but I like to have 50 options in front of me. So people make up new words that, that may have, you know, important nuance, but also may confuse people. So we think, okay, where's the Chittakash is there? Where's the uh, Hridayakash? Well, uh -huh. what about the physical heart? Is that not in the head? So, <laughs> one is, must be um, flexible here. But if you, if 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 there's higher work done, but a shutdown below, there's a limiting uh, of expression. They say, look at the cinema, look at the drama, but it's only in the head. It's not in a place. It's not in a room. It's seen by you, and it's you see by your mind. The outer is the inner. The seen is the seer. Um, meaning, no matter what, I mean, that's the point, is uh, the, and the Buddhists understand this also, and there's a dialogue actually between a student and Webu Sayadaw. Webu Sayadaw is basically saying in Burma, just focus on the space, you know, between the nose and the lip or where the air comes and goes into Anapanasati. And uh, there's no argumentation there. <laughs> Stay there with your attention and mindfulness uh, and everything will get clear and don't argue. And But one of the, he, before that, one of the, he asked one of the students something like, uh, is the nose outside or inside or something or is, uh, is 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 this object or subject is it nama or rupa <laughs> is is attention to the breath coming going nose tip or that zone is that nama or rupa and the guy's sort of saying well some scholars will say it's of course the body so that's rupa but that the body is in the mind that's nama meaning 
nama meaning name or concept is it outer rupa form or is it inner mental activity concept making uh, nama also means name of course so name and form is it name is it form well all form is named form and therefore all that appears outer is appearing outer to a so-called inner meaning me or the self or the one that talks making nama of uh, that differentiates a rupa from a nama meaning an outer form from an inner being that's identifying a form that whole thing is bullshit the whole thing is freight the whole thing is nothing it's all sunya and yet it's tatata also so it's such it's a resplendent reality but there but the hard and fast uh, the apparent hard and fast fixed reality to an a, fic, a, a definite outer and a definite inner that's sunya that's empty that's fr- fake and false and that's the dream you're dancing thoughts ra said not you are substantive people in a solid environmental matrix that you move through in real time and space it's all experiential meaning it's all made by mind it's all nama and so that's why Nityananda doesn't just talk philosophy <laughs> he really lives it and so, so really he said all is seen in, only in the head meaning you may think that the point uh, of concentration where you're watching Anapanasati you're watching breath is rupa that point on my nose tip or something but really it's nama and he's not just saying uh, you know these are cool ideas uh, he lived it so he said it's not necessary to go to different places to see different things because it's all in the head it's all in in anyone's head it's all head it's in chittakash the universe is in chittakash because who the hell is seeing or saying anything anyway it's the so-called subject or agent who believes he she is seeing and saying who is saying what he she believes he's seeing but who's doing it you where in you in the mind in you know <laughs> the 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 chitakash is hridayakash in the head or with the senses i mean the five chakra faces right the five chakra uh, points on the face not five faces but uh, one face in five in a fivefold way right chin touch mouth taste nose smell eyes see ear hear 5432-1-2-3-4-5. As the triangle of the face. Mm, that's okay. He said that the face is a triangle. Yes. From the face, one can recognize the person. He said, what's called three-daya-kasha-skaya, the heart, is nothing else than the face, which is triangular in form, right?
taste, mouth, smell, nose, eyes, sight, ears, hearing, where there's a very clear differentiation between this, the regions as well. You know, earth and water. Earth is chin, water is mouth, clearly, drooling. Uh, nose is actually fire. And um, people say, you know, which, is el which element is three and which is four? Is it earth, water, fire, air? Earth, water, air, fire? I, as far as I know, it's really earth, water, fire, air. Nose related to fire, although clearly it's breathing air, right? Fire breathing, dragon, nose, flame, something like that. But the big problem we have is nose, by the way. <laughs> and so there's the, the, the cranial, the, the nasal sinai is the great enemy of the yogi, of the junior yogi like me. So uh, the heart is the real object perceived by the eye. What you're seeing is your heart. <laughs> what appears to be rupa or environment or outer or material or object is you. <laughs> you're seeing you. That's weird. The form must be visualized in the head. And so Nityananda um, really did. That, this, is, this paragraph, this verse is, is the root, it seems, from what was listed in some other place, like um, the biography of Nityananda from Cosmic Harmony, where he's asked, why don't you go to the West like uh, Swami Vivekananda and Yogananda and all those guys? And he said, well, you know, <laughs> if one can see it from here, one does need to go there. Not necessary to go to different places to see and do different things. He was working um, trans uh, with emanation bodies projected from his mind in other physical locations around the world. Uh, countless people, many, many, came to him. There are many devotee anecdotes of people who had never appeared at the ashram, appearing at the ashram saying, hey, I saw you <laughs> in uh, Mecca or uh, in the mountains over there. Or weren't you over there or something? Hmm? And he just smiles. <laughs> and I just smiled a little bit. Because not only can he see, meaning remote viewing, but this is way beyond remote viewing. This is um, by location or um, telepathic transfer. Not just knowing and seeing, but also participating in manifesting bodies. Totally doable, of course, for somebody like that. And so he's <laughs> he's stating the philosophy that we can that I can breeze out with sometimes, uh, but he can live it um, by his magical power. But the magical power comes because um, he's really apparently perfected the seven chakras as much as uh, as much as I could see. And so if you're beheaded, it's not possible to see who it is only by the trunk. The heart is the real object perceived by the eye. One must have the inner sight. One must know one's own secret. One must know oneself. You are your own secret. Atman is the secret of the personality. The secret of the human being is that the human being essence is one with, with source. Meaning uh, Atman is one with Paramatman is one with uh, its source before uh, creation. And that, that's not at all a call to grandiosity. I mean, we know that now. Only shallow people, you know, most people who do a moderately sustained critique of metaphysics don't know anything, <laughs> generally. 
and um, they're not even worth talking with. In fact, I find these days they don't come to me, and I don't go to them. I mean, I never went to them, but they don't. They normally go their own way. Go your own way, as she said. Top page twenty-two. As the bhakti, so the mukti, and so the greater the purity of devotion which is very much also associated with vairagya and dis the renunciation. I was thinking the other day that you can say the entirety of the spiritual path could be called an orderly surrender. <laughs> an orderly surrender. Um, a surrender of all the false and all the impermanent and all the uh, distorted and all the chakra blocked and all the imbalanced and all the confused. A surrender ultimately of... Uh, you know, eighth fetter conceit. I mean, I'm not there, but a fetter, a, a, a surrender of all craving and clinging, and grasping, aversion, ignorance, um, all desiring, all weakness, even you know, all excess, you know, aggression and hostility and so-called strength as well. And so, the greater the uh, pure offering. Uh, the greater the receipt, but there's no one to receive it. <laughs> there's just the receipt of um, totality or, or satchitananda by the one that has surrendered um, all um, in, in, in its pursuit. Good labor brings good wages, little labor, little wages. So, you know, as a man soweth, so shall he reap. Um, the greater the offering, the greater the gift. The, the more you give, the more you'll get. The root of wealth is dana. The wealth of the root of uh, discernment, meaning being able to have discernment, according to Gautama, is the consistency and sincerity of going to the wise and worthy for guidance. So why do some people get confused? Oh my God, I never thought that could happen. And other people said, of course, I, th I knew that would happen for decades. Why? Why, why, why? Because um, discernment. <laughs> Why? Because some people have put the time in seeking to know, and others haven't. Um, that's that. <laughs> some people contact the raw material at age 20. Some people contact it never. Some people contact it at 40, 60, whatever. It doesn't mean they're any better, but perhaps um, they have less blockage cleared, less blockage remaining, more has been cleared uh, for the one that finds the raw material or any important teaching for themselves. You know, the raw material is not the only source that's helpful to beings. It may be a source that's helpful to more evolved beings, while um, Dr. S Dr. Seuss is a good guy, but uh, Mr. Rogers, not Jim Rogers, the other Rogers with the bow tie, uh, you know, is useful to other people, but um, becomes sort of unuseful when you grow up in certain ways. Or Pee Wee Herman, who's a very distorted fellow, may be useful for some people for some reason, um, but not after they grow. Likewise, the raw material is probably not useful for people uh, for whom um, more preliminary sources are um, attractive, but they'll be useful for beings who are going to higher levels of the path. Anyway, uh, you put in little, you get out little, you give up much in the right way, and uh, much would flow back. 
And then again, another verse about, a couple of verses about age. Getting to the end of here. In infancy, like the baby, no thought of father, mother. Differentiation goes with development of mind as one begins to know, as one grows. Right? So growing as mind development in growing in different growing in differentiation uh, awareness of recognition or the function of differentiation um, which is fine you know which is critical similarly as the mind grows man becomes more selfish <laughs> that's unfortunately true I mean the most distorted people are the most educated normally but you see there is a difference here Ra talked about the Egyptians and how they faced the pyramid and initiation practices 3,500 years ago versus today, saying that in the earlier time the mind was less complex but more distorted. Less complex really means simple-minded, but more distorted is, is associated with that simple-mindedness, meaning certain very subtle perceptions like um, the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable. They knew there was a metaphysical, but they didn't know much about it. Um, Native American religion compared to um, Buddhist metaphysics, cosmological metaphysics, right? The, the metaphysical, the, the cosmological systems of indigenous uh, traditions, much, much more simple. I mean, grandfather, sky, mother, earth, and things like that. Very simple, actually. I don't mean pejorative, but they are simple compared to metaphysics, uh, cosmological systems of theosophy or Vedanta or um, raw material or, or even 31 planes of Buddhism. Those are complex metaphysical systems, and the indigenous ones are not. And that is akin to Ra saying that 3,500 years ago the initiates were less, uh, were less complex than today. But they were also considered more distorted. And so a simple mind doesn't mean a free mind. A simple mind may be more distorted. More distorted in that there's certain subtle knowing that's unavailable because it's too, it's too simple, because it's not complex enough. Meanwhile, a, a highly complex mind um, that at some level could be called less distorted, like today, Humanity, 3.7, the end of the third density cycle, seventh subplane in time on the 1357 line related to third chakra, fifth chakra mentality or manas, manasic function, um, it is a much more painful mind. <laughs> Moderns are much more in pain mentally, in mental torment, in self-generated uh, chronic mental torment today than 3,500 years ago. They were much more primitive then, and you can say less complex, more simple-minded, and more distorted and less subtle, aware of reality and subtle um, differentiations that are important, but probably less tormented mentally than people are today. <laughs> so similarly, as the mind grows, man becomes more selfish and tormented, commonly, Every day they die, every day they're born. But to give it up, to give up completely is possible or only possible when the part joins the whole, meaning the, I, this, the, the mentally differentiated sense of separative identity 
um, experiences a union in a greater in in a greater whole. Likewise, when the differentiating function is subsumed into a an integrative function, when manas is eaten by buddhi, when manas is the servant to buddhi rather than the boss. So manas as the differentiating uh, logical sort of left brain thought form producing complex functions of mind very much associated with mind body very much associated with third chakra very much associated with the with the use of fifth chakra without love third chakra not much the lower intellect uh, very monastic fifth chakra used by those on the negative path or without love the heartless scientists <laughs> there's so many dummies in this world who think they're great fellows Mm, 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 mm. That's why I never meet them. But I, I scream from the sidelines. Uh, the use of fifth ray without love, like the negatives and the pomposities, the various pompous, pompous ones in the world, all, also is a, a function of manas without without buddhi. But meaning the differentiation, differentiating function rules the mind, rather than differentiation. Uh, acknowledged as um, a derivative of a source, <laughs> you know, uh, the parts come out of the whole, or before there was two, there was one, or before there was differentiation and nama rupa, there was being, or a certain kind of, uh, you know, samadhi precedes manas, eh? something like that. Likewise, there are many kinds of rice that are fashioned, ambada, halwa, prepared out of rice, but they're not called rice. And so uh, the substance is the same, but the name is changed, and yet the same substance has to be respected. And that's where he's talking about going beyond um, the differentiating functions of mind, and then beyond selfish, and then beyond, um, I mean, the vairagya, includes a surrendering of um, uh, of some of falsely attributed uh, high uh, excessive value valuation of differentiation that that there is a lower and a higher mind there is um, holistic knowing versus endless analytical thinking and one can know without thinking and, and commonly some people who think they know or believe they know without thinking don't know. There's mistaken knowing. <laughs> and then there's also the, the arrogance of the, the endlessly thinking, who think that, believe that, uh, by endlessly thinking they'll come to knowing, but commonly don't. So mm, there's self-deception of, the, uh, of the, those that are attached to uh, analytical and there's a self-deception of those that don't respect adequately the analytical. So likewise, a vessel without water is of little use. <clears throat> so a vessel is pretty, um, but if you don't use it, you know, it's just pretty. Likewise, a mind is useful, uh, but without its full functionality, um, lower, higher, <clears throat> manas, manasic and buddhic, or manas and buddhi. Um, 
a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Bhakti, devotion, love, offering. Bhakti is very close to Vairagya, actually. Is water. Buddhi, the vessel. So, uh, this is not manas and buddhi, but bhakti and buddhi, meaning devotion, love, devotion, on the path, path-oriented, um, path-based devotion is one way of talking about bhakti. Um, is um, <clears throat> is critical <laughs> uh, for mind. <clears throat> so then he's getting beyond some kind of a you know the scholar's buddhi uh, to uh, talking to the. I mean maybe there were some. Uh, scholar, a moderately heart chakra blocked scholar in the room. He's saying, uh, buddhi is useless without bhakti. So the higher mind even uh, can't be heartless. And that's why he doesn't just say chittakash, he says hridayakash. And so chittakash um, must all be understood as Hridayakash. And so, um, even the higher mind, buddhi, the uh, integrative, holistic, the knowing, the intuitive, the heart mind, um, essentially needs love devotion, path based, path based love devotion. And that attitude is critical to the heart of mind, or critical to mind. So one without fine bhakti is no man. <laughs> You're a monster or an animal if you don't have love. Then there are those that uh, are possessed by spirits and harassed by ghosts, and that doesn't mean that they have some great power. Trickery is the path downward. So there was probably somebody in the room that was um, on the, not on the up and up. Um, Shakti to the Atman... Before the fire of Shakti, Yukti dares not stand. So he's very much differentiating lower and higher and uh, loveless from heartful. And I think the last, uh, that'll be it. We have to go end that today. So we'll uh, pick up in the middle of page 22 next time um, with the line, All things have their seed inside like the seed, one's mind must be outside of samsara. So, the inner seed, the inner seed of mind, the internal seed, heart of mind, outside of time and space. Uh, samsara is the world, you know, the ocean of birth and death, which means the, the dimensionality, the seven-dimensional cosmos or cosmological system of soul evolution, which is of time and space. But that's not the seed of mind. So the seed of, the essence of mind, or manas buddhi, is uh, chittakash, and chittakash essence is hridayakash, and that's ultimately the joining of uh, jivatman and paramatman. That's the point, is that the heart, and that's, you know, the light, the, the love that's the basis of light, right? Uh, love, light, light, love, intelligent energy. Uh, the action of free will upon love gave rise to light. And where mind and light are related um, prior to mind 
light of mind or mind as light. Mind very much is a is a field of light, actually. I mean, what the hell is mind? That's a whole other story. But mind is sort of the self-reflecting property or qualities of light, yet that light is born of love, born of the action of free will upon love, just like Ross said. And that action of free will upon love that gives rise to light, intelligent energy, that first stage of free will, infinite divine will, omnipotence acting upon infinite divine love, which is omniscience, giving rise to light, which is omnipresent. That prior work is very much of Parabrahman, is very much what Parabrahman does. Parabrahman is the light bringer. <laughs> Not Lucifer. Is uh, I mean, light bringer Lucifer is a big fucking joke, actually. It's just another negative small-minded co-optation. <laughs> the bringer of light is the maker of light, is Parabrahman, is the Logos, is Godhead, is the solar Logos. Using infinite love upon infinite, is infinite will upon infinite love. The action of, lo of free will upon love. Give rise to light. And only raw material says that. And um, that's why the raw material is special. Because they say many amazing... <laughs> Profound philosophical principles. Um, uh, in this case, the heart, the the philosophical basis of cosmogenesis. Mm. Cosmogenesis as the outpicturing of light. Its basis is the mind that gave rise to light, which is uh, a, an action of infinite power upon infinite love. So, with that said, one thirteen thirty three on the time. Thank you for being here. Next week, we'll pick up in the middle of 22. Thank you to all and MP Pandit for a beautiful translation. And uh, those in southern India, in uh, Mangalore, uh, for being there. Take good care. See you next time, and good night.